Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode 10 of How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. And before we get into the interview, which was another incredible one, um, I'm feeling really lucky to be talking to these people. This one is with Morgan Jerkins, and uh, she's incredible, dynamic, and um, I'm so glad that I'm introducing her to you. A little bit about my writing week, and then we'll jump right into the interview. I have been writing, 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 and my soul feels pretty damn good. Um, there were a lot of weeks for a while where I was, I was so solidly in revision for a long time with two different books that, um, that getting this deep into the first draft of a book feels actually good. And you know me, I hate first drafts. That's who I am, but, uh, I don't hate this first draft. I know I've said that before, but I do not trust this feeling. Um, I'm writing about 3000 words a day and I'm taking the weekends off and that's a pretty fast pace, but it's, definitely doable. And I think that my excitement about a work really has a lot to do with how fast I go in that first draft. It means if I go fast, it means I can stay inside it. And I don't always know what's going to happen, even though I wish I were a better plotter. I'm just not. Um, and so, and I've also got a couple essays due that I need to do soon. Uh, so those are going to be my afternoon writing pieces. Um, but I'm just having a good time. I'm having a kind of a slow week. Lala's out of town. And um, <laughs> the lawnmower just started up outside, so I'll make this short. She's out of town, so I'm having some bachelor time. I made the best pizza of my life last night of the gluten-free crust. I will actually put the recipe in the show notes because if you are gluten-free, this was amazing. I'm still not recovered from that pizza. Um, and uh, that's about it. So please enjoy this interview and whatever you are writing, please write some more. Please believe in yourself. You can do this. We're all out here cheering for you and enjoy the interview with Morgan Jerkins. Right. I would love to welcome Morgan Jerkins to the How Do You Write podcast. She lives and writes in New York. She graduated from Princeton University with an AB in comparative literature, specializing in 19th century Russian literature and post-war modern Japanese literature. And she has an MFA from the Bennington Writing Seminars, and she speaks six languages. And currently, she's a contributing editor at Catapult and a Book of the Month judge. And on the freelance side, her work has appeared in The New Yorker, Vogue, The New York Times, The Atlantic, L, Rolling Stone, The Guardian, and BuzzFeed, among many others. And her debut essay collection, This Will Be My Undoing, is forthcoming from Harper Perennial. So welcome, Morgan. Thank you that for is, having me. That's super exciting. And, um, <laughs> and I love the title of the essay collection. Thank you. You know what? I actually thought that it was going to be too long-winded because I'm generally a long-winded writer at first. So I was surprised when I got a lot of good feedback for it. I was like, oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> so often we don't get to keep our titles and that is right. That's perfect. When is that coming out? I wanted to ask. Uh, yeah. Early 2018. Awesome. Well, as soon as um it is 
pre-orderable. I will put it in the show notes for those who are listening back in the archives because um, I can't wait to read that. Essays are my favorite genre to read right now. So Thank yeah. you. All right. We'll jump right back into your process. What is the best time of day for you to write and where? Early mornings. What's early to you? Okay. So I wake up generally around 630 in the morning. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if I go to sleep at 10 o'clock or one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I'm waking up at 630 and I get started at 7 p.m. Excuse me, 7 a.m. sharp. Um, And usually I write until about 9, 930 a.m. And then I take a break. And it's always in my room. I I did write in a cafe once, but I just I can't I'm very paranoid. So I can't deal with people walking around me having their huge espresso latte cup. I just can't do that. So it's like (laughs) I I I love a huge sense of control. Mm -hmm. So that's why I stay in my room at all times when I'm writing. Do you do anything before you start writing or do you just jump right in? Yes. I I pray before I write, especially if it's something that is going to take a lot out of me. Since I'm writing an essay collection, a lot of it is very personal. And I either make the decision subconsciously or consciously to hold back and just wait until the editor will say, well, you know, you need to add more there, but it's like, okay, I just, I need some extra strength. So usually like I pray or like I just close my eyes for a minute and settle my thoughts or listen to some type of acoustic playlist on Spotify. And then I go. Perfect. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And how do you write? Are you longhand computer? Computer. My handwriting is atrocious. Like once I write something, I don't know if I'll be able to read it in like two days because it's very much like chicken scratch. So I need to do it on a computer. And also my mind um, processes things very quickly. And so I need my, my, I type extremely fast, like probably like 80 to 90 words per minute. So I need, so it keeps up with, I can keep up with my mind that way rather than writing and, you know. Yeah. Have you ever experimented with dictation at all? I haven't. Yeah. I really want to do more of it. And I was just trying to do it before I called you and I, I'm, I'm terrible at it. I don't want to hear myself speak. (sighs) I don't want to, I don't want to see the errors show up on the screen because then it takes me out of the composition process and into the editing mind. But I, I, I'm going to get it figured out. This is my year. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And are you a plotter or a pantser when you're writing? I'm a pantser. I used, yes, I used to be a plotter. Um, I used to be the type of writer who would write, who would construct these elaborate maps and lists and bullet points and say, this is how I'm going to write, this is how I'm going to get there, and this is going to be conclusion, boom. But I think in the past two or three years, I just realized that I, especially because I I got, I I focused on fiction in my MFA program, Uh and I realized that I'm not working in a state of unknowing, um, there was a, I, I heard a speech by a poet, I think her name is Mary, Mary Lowe, or Mary Lowe, I'm messing up her name, I'm sorry, she used to be a poet laureate for the state of New York, mm-hmm. and she said sometimes you, you have to get in a state of unknowing to really harness your mm-hmm. creative power, and when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense, so ever since then, like, I'll think in my head, whether I'm like in the shower, or like making dinner, like, okay, like, I have an idea, like, I have the genesis of something, I don't really know where I'm going to go with it and a lot of times when I'm writing the thieves the thieves will come to me as I'm bringing up this memory and and recreating the scene in my mind and it's a lot funner because I can't yeah. I realize that like I control my setting I control my schedule and all that but I can't control how the memory is going to affect me again for the second and third time right so I can't say okay well this memory is going to be good I'm going to this memory is going to be bad it's just I have to just 
let it happen at the same time. Like almost as if I'm trying to get into a state of hypnosis all over again. I love that. And it's so um, counter to what a lot of people say. A lot of people say I started off as a pantser and it freaked them out so much that they turned into a plotter and you actually yeah. went the reverse direction mm-hmm. for a really excellent reason. Right. I definitely. Had to give up control. Yeah. What is the worst writing advice you've ever been given? Oh, the worst writing <laughs> advice I've ever been given. Wow. I, I think it's actually something that I've told myself. Oh, like no. I, I think it's something that I, um, I, I used to think that if I didn't write, if I tried to write in dialect at any single time, that wasn't beautiful. That wasn't sophisticated enough. Um, uh, if I if I didn't try to write in elaborate sentences all the time, once mm. again, like that's not that's not showing my genius. That's not showing the the full extent of my talent. And that was just because of my d- a- academic discipline. If you're reading mm. 19th century Russian, if you're reading Tolstoy and Dostoevsky all the time, you're gonna think that that is the right way to do it because they're considered one of the greats in in mm-hmm. world literature. And so it was never really anything that my that any instructor has told me it was basically what I was telling myself. That is an excellent answer. Absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've, act- I've absolutely been there. One of my favorite, favorite contemporary writers has these sentences that have, you know, 17 clauses and uh-huh. perfect turns. And it's all, you know, in one sentence. And I just will never be able to do it. And it made me feel like ter- it made me feel terrible for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what secret writing tip of awesomeness did you discover the hard way? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think it's sort of connected to the previous question yeah. where it's just like, Say what you have to say. Like it, it doesn't. It doesn't have. You don't have to use these five million dollar words. You don't have to try to sound complicated. What is it that you're trying to say in that moment? Sometimes it could be the most simplest phrases, yeah. and it has the most immense impact on the reader. So a lot of times when I would work with my instructors, particularly in the, the Bennington writing seminars, they would tell me things like. You know, just say what you have to say and don't be afraid to say it in the way that comes most natural to you. Because if you're trying to sound like Alice Munro or if you're trying to sound like, you know, Edward P. Jones or whatever, then people are going to sort of people aren't stupid. Like They're going to sort of sense that you're creating a barrier to them understanding mm-hmm. where you're coming from. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like you just beat to say what you have to say. I'm reminded of I can't remember who said it. I think it might have been Ann Patchett, but I'm not totally sure she said something like sometimes you just have to have a character open the door he opened the door there the door is open yeah <laughs> yeah that's it yeah it's open like just go <laughs> don't try to make it perfect beautiful right exactly exactly <laughs> and how, exactly. how do you refill your creative well when you're running dry oh i take naps oh i love naps and the reason and the thing is it's like and, and people my, my friend circle likes to call me a uh, grandma a lot of times but it's like <laughs> When I wake up in the morning, I I get into like a this is like a psychological state called the zone where everything really just collect not literally but it collapses around me where all I am is focusing on that project, and so when I'm churning out at least two thousand words daily, all of a sudden I I, I burn out for right. a little bit and I'm just like all I do is like I, I kind of just I make breakfast and I try to go with my day but I need to take a nap around noon to. Re- not regenerate that sounds so sci-fi but to just to, to, to recharge yeah yeah actually mm-hmm. i have a, a side question for you do you prefer those first drafts of 2000 words or do you prefer a revision oh what's your favorite part i don't know because you want to know i was going to say that 
as when I write online, I love the revision part. Mm-hmm. But I'm noticing that as I'm writing this essay collection, I actually like the first dress because it's so raw. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like when I'm bringing up memories from when I was 12 years old, when mm-hmm. I was five or when I was 20, um, it, it, I realized how much, how I, my hands are just going. And it's just like, I remember it so vividly and it's so raw. It's almost as if like, imagine if, you know, you see a, um, uh, a, a, an Olympian runner who's running like the 100 meter dash or whatever yeah. and like you would think that once they cross that line they stop but they keep going uh. it's kind of like me it's like I just keep it's just like I keep going up like whoa like maybe I should take a break but no I want to keep going like it's just like it's this natural high that's going on um, but I think the revision process will be fun but right now it's just like I'm just turning it out like it's it's been a lot of fun that is a beautiful <laughs> image and I'm really enjoying thinking of Thank your writing and harnessing that power. Thank you. I can't wait to read this book. Thank you. <laughs> on, on really bad days, what other profession do you wish you had chosen? This is a new question and I'm excited that I'm asking you it. You know, I would love to be working at a spa. Yeah. Or, yeah. Working at a spa or like, being a, like a therapist, maybe like I love helping other people. I know that's like really cheesy, but it's like I love the spa yeah. aspect of it because I love learning about massages and facials and like body wash, like like showers. And like I, I think that's so cool. Um, and I also love the therapy aspect of it because everyone has this story and their mind is full of all of these different collages of things that's happened and all of it. It has brought them to this point and speaking as someone who's like just you know I I used my stepfather was a psychologist so to really see how complex the mind is and to watch someone unravel that mm-hmm. and, and see how emotional they get in a way that they they're really working I think it's it's incredible like I think it's very fascinating I think in an interesting way you're you're kind of doing exactly those two things you're doing the therapy work the helping other people with your writing and the spa part you get in your naps in the afternoon yeah, I don't, I I don't think you're far off. <laughs> I didn't even think about it that way. Like if I had my perfect day, I would probably get massage like, or just my perfect month. I would get massages like weekly all the time. I have a fantasy that someday I'll be rich, 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 rich. And I will hire a masseuse, pay him a, a very high living wage and have him massage me once a day or maybe three times a week. And the rest of the time is his. He gets yeah, whatever he wants. But when that yeah. just if on, okay. on retainer. If I were wealthy, I would have an on-call masseuse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it would be my friend Raul because he's he's a, he's a miracle walking. <laughs> Can you give us a quick craft tip of some sort? Oh, man. Okay. So <laughs> in terms of essay writing, mm-hmm. personal essay writing, a lot of times I'll come across individuals, particularly women, when they're recreating a scene or they're talking about especially something. It's always with like childhood memories. Mm-hmm. They will give us these snapshots of, of certain of certain events that are very amorphous. And then like smack dab in the middle of the essay, they will come to this huge realization and they'll describe it beautifully. But then I'll say, we didn't earn that yet. Right. And I'll talk and I'll and, and so like I think what I would say as far as a craft tip is to don't be afraid to just embellish 
what is happening in the beginning because you can go back to that and revise it later. Don't be afraid. If right. you're talking about a memory of whatever it might be, it might have been a horrible boyfriend. It might have been like some type of controversy that happened when you were working in the academy, something. But it's like, don't be afraid to explore every single emotion that you have, whether it's negative or positive. Because I think a lot of times during the writing process, women especially will try to invalidate or judge their emotions before they even hash it out. Yeah. So I think it's 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 one of the, I don't know if that's a craft tip or like a psychological tip. I don't I know. But all I think, of it. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's it's... One of the things that I would tell writers to do when it's personal essay is, in short, don't hold back. But in order to elaborate, I would say to when you're feeling a certain emotion as you're writing something, do not try to judge it. In fact, work through that judgment yeah. as you're writing it so that when you arrive at these epiphanies, we feel like we actually earned it. Like We felt like we were climbing that mountaintop with you. That is perfect. And uh, I'm teaching um uh, memoir class at Stanford next semester. Oh, wow. And I really actually want to come back to you and ask you to come sit in and maybe Skype in with my students because I think you would be phenomenal for them to listen to. About oh, so I'll, I'll, I'll circle around with you on that one. Yes, that would be an honor. I'd love that. <laughs> All right. And what would you like to plug right now? What should we go what? Okay, so plug, so uh, what does plug mean? I, I was like, what does the plug mean? What, what is um, what's something that's out right now that you'd like us to look at, or maybe oh. one of your favorite art essays that are out there? Oh my gosh! Okay, so I there's one. Sorry, I was like, what is plug? Okay, so <laughs> I actually I would want to talk about certain writers that I'm just I'm in love with. Oh please. Um, I love Morgan Parker. She is a poet. I think she's one of the most important poets of our generation. She's coming out with a book that's going to be released in Tin House, I think, February 2017. Um, The book is actually called There There Are More Beautiful... There are other beautiful, there are more beautiful things than Beyonce, which I think is a fabulous title. Um, and so I would watch out for that. I would also watch out for um, Julie Bunton's Marlena. It's going to be published by Henry Holt. Uh, it's coming out, I think, um, in April 2017, if I'm not mistaken. I think in some in early 2017. Um and also Vincent Cunningham, um, he he's a staff writer at the New Yorker, and I am just a huge fan of his work. I think that he's doing some of the most important work right now, especially in regards to race and culture, and especially having the platform with the New Yorker. Like he's just he's amazing, and I think he's someone else to look out for. In the show notes, I will put links to all of these people and their work, so mm-hmm. listeners, you can go check that out. Mm-hmm. And Morgan, where can people find you? online okay so my uh twitter handle is just morgan jerkins so my last name is jerkins j-e-r-k-i-n-s not jenkins and that people mess that up all the time (laughs) um and my website is just um morgan uh dash jerkins.com perfect Mm -hmm. you have been such a delight to talk to and i thank thank you you for moving your day around to talk to me and you're truly inspiring and i'm honored to have met you so. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you, great. Morgan. Have a great day. You okay. too. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, where I live, or Facebook, where I don't, and look for the show notes and more fun at howdoyouwritepodcast.com. You can also support my Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a dollar an essay. Just go to patreon.com backslash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L, and now go to your desk and perform some of your own feats of writing daring do. Create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. Mm-hmm.